0: of Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. May we open our hearts, minds, and ears to receive this word of God this morning. As Jesus left the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look what awesome stones and buildings. Jesus responded, Do you see these enormous buildings? Not even one stone will be left upon another. All will be demolished. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? What sign will show that all these things are about to come to an end? This is a reading of holy scripture for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Amen. So many of you know that I'm just returning from uh, almost two weeks in the Holy Land, I'm, and I'm afraid to say that I brought with me a bit of a head cold back, so I'll be doing a lot of fist pounding or elbow tags, but I'm so thankful to be back and a part of worship this morning, and there'll be m- much time to to share about the experiences that I've had, but I'm glad to to join you back in worship today. I went with an ecumenical group, which just means multiple denominations and even some non-denominational clergy that I'm a part of this cohort that is working together for 3 years with a focus on learning together and and supporting one another. And one of the many reasons that I have loved this group and been so thankful to be a part of it is because there's a diversity within our group. And so with that comes a diverse number of experiences and perspectives whenever we get together. And this trip that we went on for two weeks together uh, only affirmed both the beauty and sometimes the challenge of what it means to listen and to learn with others. Now, I'll admit that I've never been a huge history buff, but at the same time, I've always found myself pretty fascinated when I get to a particular place and I imagine all the different layers of history, and all the stories that have occurred in that one single place. I remember one of the first times I had this kind of like aha moment is when I was traveling with my family. I was a junior in high school and we went to England. And we went to go see Stonehenge, you know, the ancient rock formation that dates back thousands and thousands of years. Even more in in recent history, they've discovered more. And some of the earliest sightings that they've discovered date back to 8,000 B.C. And then there's all these additional layers that have been identified, that have occurred over different ages, about how that same site was used and developed by different people throughout time and history. I remember going and and seeing these formations and thinking, how in the world did they get those rocks up on top of one another without having a crane or a lift? And it only proves that people have been innovative and creating and recreating and adding on to since the very beginning of time. And places like Jerusalem and Galilee and Tiberias and Magdala, which are some of the places I've just journeyed from, have their fair share of amazing stories of of history as well. There's a whole lot that we can learn and that can be discovered as as we go and we, we see a particular place. We had this incredible local tour guide. Her name was Claudia, and she journeyed with us to all these historical and biblical sites that we went to. She was smart as a whip, and I think that she really enjoyed challenging a group of clergy on some of our biblical knowledge that we had about many of these sites. Day after day, we we traveled to different areas to experience a place that we read about in the Bible. And there was usually a concrete biblical story that we could read as we stood in a place about an encounter that occurred there. But every single place that we went, that wasn't the only piece of history that occurred in that spot. In some of the holy sites, marking something significant that happened to Jesus or to his disciples or to those he was ministering with, There was evidence only a a few yards away of something that had happened long before Jesus had been there. And then only a few yards away, there might be another spot where where something had happened years after Jesus had been there. So literally, as we would stand in one place, your eyes could see ruins and evidence of, of stories representing the time of Jesus... And we turn our eyes or our bodies and see a whole nother experience and in another way, turn our eyes in another way and see a an totally different story and experience of our history. And most often these discoveries have been made and have been able to be identified because of the stones that are left there in those places. Stones that have distinct layers to them. Some of the stones had painting on them to indicate a certain time period. Others had been etched in, and there were, there were symbols that had been left behind. We saw stones that had served as tables and tombs and seats and altars. There were temples, streets, walls, houses, businesses made of stone. And every era, every ruler who had built something of significance, usually it was a temple or a palace or the remains of, of some city that had been there, they believed that they were building something so permanent something that showed their wealth and their power and that, that showed that they thought that they were going to last forever and, and usually it even sh- showed control of their land with the walls that were built in particular ways. Every single one of these empires thought, we're going to be the rulers of this place now. This is ours. We've got the answers. We, we've built things that are going to last forever. We saw incredible design and and energy that went into the formation of these buildings that were now only remains of something. In the Mark passage that we heard read today, we see the disciples talking about the temple with Jesus, commenting on how big and impressive and, and beautiful and awesome the stones of the temple are. And this, these comments take place only moments after Jesus had been in the, the temple and had been praising the generosity of a poor widowed woman who they saw giving an offering in the temple out of the very little that she had. Jesus was commenting that while all the other people of, of means and wealth were giving out of spare change, she was giving generously out of her scarcity. And Jesus responds to these comments that the disciples are, are making about the temple that they're looking at. See? See this enormous building? Not a stone will not be demolished. And the disciples immediately became solely focused and tuned in to that comment. They asked What's going to happen? What, what are the signs that we can look for that this is going to happen, Jesus? They were wondering about what that might mean for them. And as it is often the case with the disciples, they hadn't quite heard or understood what Jesus meant. One night in our group reflection time, we commented as we were walking around these ancient cities and seeing the current life is in the mix of the ancient life and, and ruins and, and holy sites that were there about the lack of permanence that we can so quickly overlook when it's our turn. When it's our turn to be here. We very quickly become consumed with making a way for for us and ours and what we see as being priority. Very quickly, we become focused on protecting ourselves and what we have built or want to build. A couple of summers ago, I traveled to Philmont out in New Mexico. It's one of the high adventure scouting camps And one of the rules of hiking out there is to stay on a path if it's already been designated and and determined and not to make new unneeded paths along the way. But when you get to a field or a place where there's no clear path, instead of following one by one directly behind each other, your group is supposed to, to fan out and to spread out and to walk independently through the field in a way that if you were to look back over your shoulder, having just passed through maybe a grassy meadow, that you wouldn't be able to even see where you had just walked. As the scouting community was given these instructions about some rules uh, of how to function out into the, out in the wilderness there, one of the reasons where, why they said this is to help allow future generations to come and to experience what you have gotten to experience. We had, even had this practice in the morning called fluffing the dirt, which I thought that's a really weird thing to, to think about. But it was after we had pitched our tents and had been laying on the ground overnight that in the morning as we put our tents up, we were to help and encourage the grass to, to come and be able to blossom and spring back up after we had been there. A way of of people coming and, and being able to enjoy it and to experience it like we had. And I love these instructions because they reflected the understanding that we are only here for a moment in time, and yet, what we do with the time that we are here, it matters, it makes an impact. Every generation will build things, create things, and yes, even destroy things. There are so many stories that we read about in the, in the Bible where people want to create places to worship God. Many of them even wanting to create a home for God because they wanted God to come and to stay with them. They wanted to build something permanent. To be able to say, this is where this happened. We like to do that. We want to know of permanent. We desire to be able to to touch something tangible. We want something that is solid and unmoving. We tend to desire permanence. Yet, God has always said, I don't want a place to dwell but rather I am a god who dwells I'm a living god who moves and breathes I want to share with you another scripture passage that is from 1 Peter chapter 2 just a couple of verses that share and reflect this Now you are coming to him as to a living stone even though this stone was rejected by humans from God's perspective it was is chosen valuable you yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple you are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ building temples and making sacrifices was a recurring theme for the many different empires throughout history. But what is being celebrated here in this First Peter passage is that our lives are the temples and the sacrifices that are valued by God. The physical and the material is not what is of the most uh, importance or value or significance. Rather, it's what we do with our lives, with the time that we have, with the, the place that we are in human history. We are and do make a mark in this human story that we are a part of. And we don't have to build something permanent to prove our existence. You know, sometimes I even think that we begin to create a theology or a mentality that reflects this same tendency that we have. That begins to behave and reflect that we're unwilling to move on something. We think to ourselves, we don't want to have to change And so we tend to cling tightly to whatever we've built up in our minds. And what this often, I think, prevents us from doing is becoming these living stones that God is talking about. We become hard and unmoving in many situations. One of the phrases that my group returned to over and over and over again as we went throughout our trip is that there is so much that we don't know anything about. There is so much that isn't definite or completely concrete, and yet the spirit of these places that we went to visit live and tell a story. The physical matters, in a sense, it has some significance to us, but only because it reflects our lives and our beliefs, what we're going to put our focus on. Our lives Yours and mine are the living stones of history. And so I think it begs us to consider, what stones are we investing in? What stones are we paying attention to? Are we listening to the living stones, to the lives of of people around us? Are we being built together into a holy priesthood? Is, it what we, is what we are building reflecting a living presence of a living God? Are we willing to hear God speaking to us? Are we willing to be moved? Or... Are we too busy laying stones that we want to be permanent? You know, as you look around at any point in history, at every point in history, there is something that is giving shape to what has been and to what will be. And there is an important balance, I think, of recognizing both our ability Mine and yours are our ability to be ones who shape and mold and lay stones. And also being open to listening to the new things that God is leading us to be a part of. You know, right now in our own denomination, the United Methodist Church, literally today we have some movement of stones occurring. Today starts the business of a called special conference for us as a church to discern once again what God is calling us to be and to build as a United Methodist Church. And in the midst of it, I believe that we are called to be reminded of this message of living stones. Open to what the living God is saying to us here and now. This morning I want to share with you a prayer that has been developed for congregations like us, local churches around the world, to offer up as we gather in worship. It's a prayer for and about the, 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 the special conference that is happening And I offer it to you in the midst of this conversation of thinking about the living stones of God among us. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God who leads, teaches, and guides. You who offer compassion, grace, and mercy. Be with us now. We passionately seek your presence during challenging times and circumstances. And we trust that you are moving in and around our lives. We, as one part of your body, the church, go into the days and weeks ahead seeking to discern your deep desire for us as a United Methodist Church. Give us courage as we continue to live and respond to your invitation to be your hands, feet, and voice. We ask for a fresh wind of your spirit and guidance for each of us as individuals, for the faithful congregations, and for this global community of United Methodists. We ask for your wisdom and presence for those among us who have been called to serve as delegates as the special session of the conference gathers today. Grant them clarity and a a discerning spirit as they seek to listen for you in their midst. Reveal to them your deep desire for our future as a church. Give them and us the faith to lay aside our personal wants and needs so that we can be truly present to you sit with you in reverence and awe, and listen deeply for the still, small voice that woos us, comforts us, and invites us to that place where we can live fully and wholly into the kingdom life that you desire for us. We lay all this before you as the deep desire of our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. As we look around today in this room and the community beyond us, I wonder what does it look like for us to claim that we Are living stones. God has called us to be living stones, grounded, solid, strong, and yet willing to be moved. Living stones live. And in our living, we are. Meant to live fully and abundantly, generously. Receiving for our own lives the fullness of God's grace and love. We're called to be living stones. And continue to share and tell God's story of God's faithfulness. An abiding presence that is with us always. Thanks be to God. Amen. It is our invitation to